Do you dream about your next trip? You're in the right place. On the Time to Talk Travel podcast, we come to you weekly to share places to go and what to do when you get there. Let's dive into this week's adventure. Hi, we're here with another episode of Time to Talk Travel. We've got a big topic today that we probably won't get through everything on, so we are going to try and break it up into some manageable segments. So today we're going to talk about planning. How do you pick a cruise? How do you know which one is going to work for your family? The factors that you need to consider and even look at in that planning process to make the decision correctly. So we're just going to open it up with what is your initial process. What do you look at at the beginning of, like, hey, I want to go on a cruise vacation. What are you looking at first? For me, it's money. It boils down to money for me. How much money do I have to spend? What kind of deals I can find out there? But also, who am I bringing with me? Mm -hmm. Because that definitely changes the kind of cruise I want to take. How long I have? Am I going to have to be back within the week? Because then the seven-day cruises are out. A lot of them, if you only get a seven-day vacation, you can't exactly... I'll leave Friday and come back. And then the itinerary, where do I really want to see? Have I been to all the stuff that that particular ship is, that cruise line has been to? Those those are my biggies, but really money is the most because there are, there's one cruise line that tends to be at the top year after year, but it's also probably double what you'd pay for others. And we can get into that. For me, it's money, time, and who's going with me. I start with, okay, I have this much time, this much money, and who I'm going with. And I like to look at the deals. So if I'm planning a multi-generational vacation that like our big family trip for the year, the research is going to look very different if I'm, oh gosh, my husband and I have not gotten away together for ages. I wonder what deals there are out of our local port. And we're very lucky because we live close to LA. So there's literally always a cruise leaving for you know, a three-day cruise, a four-day cruise. That, that's really a matter of time and money. Does it work with our schedules and the price right? Yeah. And I think for us, we're looking at similar options, obviously. What's the budget? Who's going? All of that. I think some of it is how far the cruise ship itself is going. Days at sea. For me, the money area is a little more complex when I'm thinking about it. I am willing to pay more for a cruise that will ultimately end up being cheaper than other options. So my husband and I have been on Regent before. It's a pricey cruise line. They're not cheap, but everything is included. Food, drinks, excursions, airfare a lot of time. And so for us, we don't then have to think about anything past just the initial plan of how much it's going to be. I'm willing to spend more, have that type of experience if it's just the two of us going than going on a different line somewhere where I know what it's going to tally up to by the time we've had the time we'd like to have, if that makes sense. That is a big consideration too when you're looking at different cruises is what's included with the cruise and whether like for my family i'm not a huge drinker so i don't even care if the alcohol is included um but there are other members of my family that that's going to be a much more expensive cruise if they're mm-hmm. buying their drinks a la carte or if they need to have their drinks included and it's 200 extra dollars so looking at the what's included with the cruise line gosh like i feel like we need a flow chart okay we have this much time go this way we have this much money go this way there are so many options and narrowing it down is really really tricky but i would start with just where you're going 
Yeah, it's that cruising, choose your own adventure thing. And on the topic of the drinks and the expenses and everything, I like wine at dinner. I like the drinks. My husband doesn't drink. However, when the drinks are included at everything, it included cappuccinos, espressos. Now that man could spend more in a day on espresso than I would on wine. So I was going to say, my husband also doesn't drink alcohol, but he drinks like 12 club sodas a day. And so the cruise lines that we've cruised on drinks are not included. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's paying as much as you would pay for like a glass of wine or a cocktail every time he's having soda water. Mm -hmm. So paying for that, getting that included or having that already included is really a nice perk. And I think another thing, if you're really overwhelmed, a good place to start is with your travel agent because Mm -hmm. they're going to know what deals there are for assorted lines and they can counsel and steer you and save you many hours of research. Even though I'm like an avid cruise watcher, I watch Vegas to go, I watch like different cruise deal sites constantly just to catch something. I still often book through a travel agent and find Mm -hmm. out about things that I had no idea, like specials that are running. I think people need to know that. I think most people think, oh, if you use a travel agent, it's going to cost you more. But that's not always the case. And maybe it requires you pricing it out yourself just to compare and see. But a lot of times they know about deals that you're not going to find. I'm very much like Sharon. For 20 years, I've been using vacations to go to find cruise deals. Um, But then I had to go with extended family. There was a big cruise of 25 people all going. And that was, let's get an agent. My sister-in-law did all the organizing. It was one where I removed myself as the travel guru because if it went sideways, I did not want to be there. (laughs) Very wise. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Again, this was probably 10 years ago and we ended up on a cruise line I wouldn't have picked. It was MSC, which was a newer line at that point, at least in America. Um, And and it's funny because I really enjoyed it. Uh, It was a whole different style and flavor than what I was used to having done Norwegian and Princess and Royal Caribbean and Carnival. I feel like I've done one on each, but the kids didn't love it um, because a lot of the entertainment Mm -hmm. wasn't even in English. And they didn't love that. Wait, I don't know what they're even saying. They were more Disney-fied and they wanted it all that way. I liked it. I enjoyed that. And the other thing that I think people don't always recognize that a travel agent can do, and one of the reasons it's a great idea to go through them, is if you are looking at any of the smaller ships, thing that isn't a gigantic ship, they will know if certain cruises on certain dates, certain itineraries have groups booked on them. So if you're going to be on a smaller ship and 75% of that ship is a group like a college reunion or something like that, that can change the entire vibe of the ship depending on where the group is from. And they will be able to give you that information so that you can say, you know what, I don't want to be on a cruise with all the people who won the salesperson of the year award through this company and maybe we'll go the next week instead. That is something that they have access to that you will not be able to find out on your own. (laughs) Yeah, that's important. You know, and even when we say travel agent, we're taking an extended family cruise next summer to Mm -hmm. Alaska. My mother-in-law booked the whole thing through Costco. Costco is amazing for getting you the best rate. Uh, We all have sweet. I mean, it's amazing the rates that they were able to negotiate for a group our size. We have 25 or 30 people in our group. So there's all kinds of perks and upgrades. We have the drink package. We have excursions. It's the most deluxe cruise I think I've ever taken with everything included. But she was able to do it because she did it through Costco. 
That's awesome. The other thing I tell people when they're trying to decide, they'll say, which cruise line? And I tell them, for me, it's less about the cruise line, more about the age of the ship. Princess, for example, I took one cruise that was just phenomenal, and I took another on Princess, and I was very underwhelmed. And it had more to do with the age of the ship than anything. I 100% agree with you. And sometimes I don't even trust the star ratings entirely. I'll look at the star ratings, but I've been on ships that were four that felt like a five and fives that felt like a three. You know, when a ship is run, it makes everything a little less nice. <laughs> I always try and book on the newest, most recently renovated ships. That's really important. And I think that is one of those of travel where before you go forward in the planning process, you have to do this extra layer of self-therapy introspection. So really asking yourself when you're on the ship, what's important to you food-wise? Is it individual restaurants? Is it eating in a larger experience? Do you care about entertainment? Are you going to drink a ton of espresso or wine or whatever? Ranking what's important to you. If you get on a certain line, do you even care where you go necessarily or does it not matter as much because of the experience on board? And there's all those questions that you have to go through so you can sit there and go, okay, I'm by the price on this one, but it doesn't have enough individual restaurants for what I want, ultimately you will end up being unhappy if you book based only on price without having at least prioritized in some way what you want to get out of the experience too. Otherwise, no one Even <laughs> more so if you're someone like me who is gluten-free, for example, or mm -hmm. if you have a specialized diet, it's definitely worth it to do some research on the restaurants and what's available. Um, maybe consider after reading reviews, doing like the specialty dining packages mm -hmm. that they have available available so you have other options for some of your nights besides whatever the main restaurant is or the buffet it can be tricky to find food that is specific for you and it varies from line to line and I will also say the self-therapy thing I'll tell you a quick story I went on a cruise with a friend we booked a last minute and I had found a great deal for a balcony room but um, we waited too long and the price went up and we were both going with our sons and it was just too expensive for me to book the balcony room for that vacation for that particular time. And my son said, oh, I don't care. I'll get the inside room. It's got a view of the center of the ship, of the shopping area. Okay, it's not going to be claustrophobic. We have a big window. That was the worst I ever made because the window looks in on, I thought it was going to be open air, but it was like looking at a shopping mall with artificial lighting and disco lights. It didn't turn off till 2 a.m. And just no, no daylight. It made me even more disoriented. It was so miserable in that interior room. I had to do a lot of work and writing while I was on that cruise. I discovered that there was really only one place on the entire ship that had outlets that you could plug in. There was a Starbucks on the ship and there were like two outlets. Good luck trying to get to one of them before everybody else. And my computer doesn't hold a charge for that long. So I was stuck in this like hellhole windowless room that I'm sure a lot of people would have been thrilled. But for me, it was torture. And I will never, ever go on a cruise again without a balcony room. That's just, you know, what I learned. I feel the same way. I am not a snob in many ways, I don't think, but I really demand a balcony if I'm going on a ship. It's for me more about, I was married to someone who got seasick easily. And so he really needed to be able to see the skyline. For me, it was just about space. I'm the same way with hotels. I will pick a room with a balcony 
every single time because I like to be out in the open air. For me, I don't want to have to leave the room at the crack of dawn to go get over breakfast. I like to just escape, sit on the balcony there and just take in the sunrise without having to get dressed and go be around other people. Balconies are everything to me. And if you are someone who does deal with seasickness, I will tell you the higher up you can go, the better. And the closer to the front of the ship, the better. That's if you're down at sea level and whatever, it's much worse. I've actually heard the opposite. That's so funny that you say that yeah. because there's more motion at the top of the ship than there is at the bottom. But maybe it's the ability to see the horizon is greater and you have more visibility. Specifically, because it was such a big deal for him. I don't get seasick often. I've been on a boat pretty much all my life, but I think maybe it's just the closer you are to the water line, the more you are to feel the rocking. Yeah, now I know, now that I've done that introspection, I know that I don't really care that much about the entertainment. I don't care about the booze. Basic food is fine with me. I don't need like the you know, most grand gourmet, but I need a comfortable space where I can sit and I like to see some scenery going by. I'm good. I'm happy. That's really all I need. A nice clean room with a nice view and something decent that I can eat. <laughs> Depends on who I'm with. My kids hated the kids' clubs kind of stuff, so they were never going to be part of that. I needed to keep them occupied and uh, good pools, that kind of thing, mattered to them less about the show. But if I'm going kidless, then I'm going dancing. I want to know there's a club and I can work off everything I ate all day and walking the ship in the morning and getting some exercise. That kind. I don't. I don't need a basketball court or a simulated golf course or whatever. A nice pool and. Lots of lounge chairs. Yeah, you know? cruising is a grown-up thing for us. So I'm never thinking about the kids when I'm looking at cruises. It's just not something. With six, we just have never looked at a cruise for a family um, because of the overflow on the rooms and everything. So rest entertainment doesn't really matter if it's there. Like I might entertain myself with it, but it's not a big deal. For me, it's excursions. Really like it when they're well done and also when they're included. It it makes a big difference to me. And so some of the different options I've had when we've been in ports for longer to take two excursions in a day, like one in the afternoon and one in the morning, there were a lot of walking introductory tours where you did a walkthrough, got a history. I like the history oriented ones. And then in the afternoon, I would either go off on my own now that I had the lay of the land or go do a different type of excursion. A lot of um, cruise lines have change the nature of their excursions to include photography like just a little bit of history and then taking you to places where you can get your great instagram pictures which <laughs> i found really interesting on my last trip we like to plan our own excursions and wing it ourselves a lot of the time when we go to different destinations i'm more inclined to do my own excursions but i will say it does pay to book the ones through the ship <laughs> If there is an issue, because we did the big family trip, we all went zip lining. And we were, I want to say Dominican Republic. I don't remember Belize maybe, but we all went. And then there was, it felt like a monsoon major. The roads were flooded and the our bus couldn't get back to the ship. And we we're like, the ship is going to leave the ship. They were in communication with the ship and no lie, that ship waited for the mm -hmm. 25 people and the five others that weren't part of our family. 
And we were the ones running up because they were like, tell them to hurry, but we're holding the boat. And, you know, people were on the balconies clapping for us as we were hustling and make it. It was through no fault of our own. It was just the streets were closed. and But they never would have done that had we no. booked a private excursion. We wouldn't have even known who to call. And through the ship is always better, in my opinion. Or also, that's where a travel agent comes in as well. Because they're going to book with who they know, the ship knows, who the trusted people are. And they're going to be able to help you if something goes wrong. Definitely doing things through the ship so that you don't end up in a bind because you have to get yourself to the next port if you're going to get back on. It's not an easy thing. And cancellations happen routinely for reasons that you never will have thought of. We were stuck near Venice one time and it was fog, complete fog. And the ship could not move. We ended up having essentially a sea day for an extra day. We were supposed to be in Verona or somewhere else nearby. I can't remember the exact city. And so anyone who had something planned that day outside of the ship, we just missed that day. And these things happen that you can't account for. The, another thing I would tell people as they're trying to figure out cruises, whatever, is the looking at the length of time. I honestly, there was a steal of a deal on some Margaritaville cruises recently out of Florida, like 99 bucks for three days, something insane. And I was like, oh, I love Jimmy Buffett. I love his Margaritaville resorts. Like I want to do that. But when I realized it's a three-day cruise, it's hardly worth getting on board in my opinion, because you can't board till the afternoon-ish. So on that first night, you've got to do the safety videos. So you might get dinner and whatever fun exists the first night. So you then have the whole next day. Okay, cool. And then you're off the ship the next morning. They're kicking you out at 7 a.m. It's, I was like, eh, for one day and one night, I don't know if it's worth it. I, they have since extended. Marvel has now, is now doing five day and longer. And I would love to try one of those, but those are not $99. Three nights is my minimum because I just feel like if it's less than three nights, it's the hassle of getting there, the hassle of getting on the boat and off the boat. It's just not worth it. But for a local cruise, I can do three nights pretty easily. I make sure to get there and get on the boat as early as possible. You want to check in, be that first like 11 a.m. group and just park yourself. I would be all prepared. Another good point is going the day before the cruise, mm. if you possibly can. So you can be one of the first ones. I remember I did a honeymoon cruise and uh, we had to fly out from where the wedding was into Panhandle of Florida, down into Fort Lauderdale. So it was a drive to the airport in the Panhandle. We barely made it. It was leaving at 4.30 and we were, again, getting on at 4.20. Our luggage didn't make it to us for two days for whatever reason. You know, we've changed the policy since then. I now like to get there the day before, if I can, spend the night close to the cruise ship and then board as soon as they'll let you in the next day, because then you do feel like a little, it's not going anywhere, but you're on the boat and you can get the drinks. And I am the person who gets the drink package. And I am the person who likes to, if I'm paying for it, I'm maximizing it, which isn't always great. <laughs> like I don't normally have a daiquiri at breakfast, but gosh darn it, I am today and all day long. You know, what's the drink special today? I, if I'm going to pay what I do and that's the other hiccup, a lot of the cruise line, if you're sharing a room with somebody, they won't just let you get the drink package. The other person in the room has to get it. So it's almost like double. So you really, I've done the math where, okay, if it's seven bucks a drink and I have three a day, 
then it's worth it. If I'm only going to have one at night, probably should just pay by the, you know, like you really have to break it down. Like Sharon said, and get a whole spreadsheet and say, eh. <laughs> but the kink that they put in of, Oh, everybody in the room has to have the drink package. That's just cruel. Because again, if you're with somebody who definitely wants it, you know, you're ruining their trip. If they don't get to do their drinks or whatever. This is where a travel agent is helpful because they really, they've done the spreadsheet. They know for every line, you know, your break even point is and, what's worth spending on and whether there's any specials because a lot of the deals that the cruise is running include the drinks and include X number of nights of specialty dining or an excursion or credit onboard credit for your room, which you can use towards those things too. And on the topic of protecting your investment in a cruise, definitely flying in the day before or even earlier because we know these things happen, but travel insurance. And one of the things with travel insurance for cruises, making sure that whatever you choose is enough to cover the value of the trip. If you have a policy, I had an annual policy, the per trip amount wouldn't have been enough to cover a nicer cruise on where it was and for how long. And when you do these large family trips and you're protecting the value of them, you have to really make sure that you are protecting the whole value. You don't want to be the person who paid a ton of money for a cruise and then got the ship after it left because of an airline delay, because they're not going to do anything about that, but the travel insurance will. <laughs> and a lot of times your credit card makes a difference too, because we mm -hmm. had an experience where we took a Disney cruise when my girls were little out of Florida and we flew in the night before we got in pretty late and they said, leave your bags out in front of your room and we, the bus is arranged, everything's taken care of, we'll take you directly to the ship. And so we did that and we got on the ship and we waited for our bags and our bags didn't come and we waited for our bags and our bags didn't Well, it turns out they never picked up our bags. And I was on a boat with a, like a one-year-old in diapers and my five-year-old daughter and literally just the clothes on our back. No extra diapers, anything, no bathing suits, nothing. Thank goodness we had booked through American Express, which had pretty generous coverage at the time. And I just went to the gift shop and I was able to buy us all completely new wardrobes. It was four days before we got our bags. And it was a fortune. It was literally like close to 2,500 bucks just to get, because we were on a cruise ship and those Disney cruises, they don't make a lot of stops and they don't make stops places where you can buy diapers and clothing for everybody. So it was the gift shop. And my husband enjoyed his Tommy Bahama wardrobe for many years. See of American Express. Yeah, that will add up. Anything that doesn't arrive for sure is on a ship or in a port that's specific to Disney in particular. We learned our lesson about, and that's the other thing, pack what you really need in the bag that you carry on with you when you get on the ship. So just make sure you're holding on to your most important things, the same as you would on an, on a flight, assuming that there's a fair chance your luggage could be lost. We've never had another problem, but I learned that lesson. And then I think the other thing too is we were talking about the cost. We were talking about all the things to expect. We were talking about travel agents and all of that. I think cruises are a great type of trip to just ask a lot of questions. Write down every single question you have and whether you go through a travel agent or you do it on your own and you have to look them up. What costs extra? What is included? What isn't included? Are there gratuities included or not included or expected? Are there fees for any extra visas or stops or anything like that? Do you need a certain number of pages in your passport for that cruise? Are there any rules about countries you could or couldn't enter before going to certain ones? 
ones that if they're stamped in your passport, there's all these really ridiculous type questions that a great cruise line will guide you through. But it's always a good idea to double check on your own to know exactly what things will cost when all is said and done and exactly what you need to prepare for and bring with you. If you didn't do your research and you need internet and you get there and realize it's an extra 40 bucks a day or something to use it, that's going to put a damper on your vacation. Yeah. And tuck your statement every day, every other day while you're on the boat, because you don't want that shock. If you see the very first day, oh, didn't know I was going to be paying for that. And you can do that. It's very easy to go to the bursar's office and just say, I'm just checking where we stand so far. And the lines on the last day to change anything or Mm -hmm. to dispute anything are just hours long. You definitely want to stay on top of it before that last day. Yeah. And checking really carefully what time the cruise departs and starts boarding and also on the last day, what time they start taking people off the ship, because that's going to impact any travel planning that you have to do. So if your cruise is boarding very early in the morning, you want to stay as close as possible to that cruise port. If you've booked the best price flight and that flight is at 8 p.m. at night, but they're going to load you off the ship at 8 a.m., What are you going to do for the rest of that day? Do you have a plan there? Looking at how far things are actually from each other. If you are getting off at a certain port, but you're flying out of an airport in the same city, but it's much for like really just get prepared for every eventuality there because with ports, they'll sometimes name them one thing and they are not near it. So I know a lot of people who've left from Sidovecchia in Italy and they call it Rome. An hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. I was going to say I took a bullet train and it was like 45 minutes, but it's easily more than that on any normal form of transportation. I can't even tell you the number of times someone has said something about, oh, I'm doing this. So we're flying into Rome and then we're leaving. And I'm like, when? How soon before? No, they're not close to it. Look it up, please. <laughs> With Rome in particular, yeah. there is a train that goes directly yep. to the port From the train station to the port, it's probably a half mile walk. And it's definitely doable Mm -hmm. if you're able to roll your luggage and that's not a problem for you. But you will save hundreds. And when you book any kind of transportation from Rome Airport to the Mm -hmm. port, you're going to get charged probably like $150 to $200 for that trip, where the train's like $14, some ridiculously Mm -hmm. cheap amount. So that is definitely how are you getting from the airport to the port city Mm -hmm. is a big consideration. And this is like really small, but when you're leaving the boat and getting on the boat, everybody's trying to take the elevator at once with their giant bags. If you have a big bag, it's better to let them bring the bag to your room and take the bag away from your room. And then you can just take the stairs and get off the boat and not stand there waiting for the elevator opens and it's packed and it opens and it's packed and you're never getting off the boat. Think about how you're getting on and off and what you're going to carry with you. We could go on and on about this. That's (laughs) triggering me thinking about my mom who was in a wheelchair when we took her on a Disney one and people aren't nice about letting the wheelchair person get on the elevator first, that sort of thing. I would love to see us do a podcast on each cruise line Mm. and and what makes it better. And I just want to math out every single decision. Like when they offer the transfers to the ship or they say, you know, we can do it for this much. Before you are cheap like me sometimes and you look at it and you're like, I don't want to pay that. I'll figure it out myself. Make sure that when you figure it out yourself, it's going to actually be cheaper or save money. Because again, I'm going to go back to Sidovecchia. The train, some of us booked excursions to take the train into Rome. And 
we had tickets and we got on. And there were other people who were just like, I'm going to take the train to Rome. It was a Sunday. There weren't a lot of trains and there weren't a lot of tickets. And so they, they ended up in Cittivecchia on a Sunday closed, not being able to go where they wanted to go because they didn't do it through the cruise ship. And the same thing with transfers. It may look expensive, but if you price it out, there may not be availability from other vendors can take you. So it's not just about price. Sometimes it is about demand. Uh-huh. The last time I was in Naples, I flew in, it took a bus to this mm-hmm. port where I was supposed to take a ferry to Capri. And there, I'm a massive line of people getting a ticket for the ferry to the point where this little old lady came up to us at the end of the line. Anybody need tickets to go free? And I'm like, yeah, but what's the deal? She was charging what they were charging. And I didn't think it was legit because Naples is famous for people ripping you off. And I'm like, but why? And she's like, we're on a cruise ship. We're never going to make it there now because everything is delayed an hour. We won't make it back. I can't use them. Her husband was saving a place. He was like 10th in line at that point because they'd been standing there for hours. So my daughter and I got to go around all these other people (laughs) and get right to the front and get on the next ferry. She got her money that I was going to pay the guy anyway. And again, the lesson there was these poor people on a cruise thought they were going to get to get a cruise and they couldn't because they didn't all of the different times. We had a very similar experience and we ended up going to Prochida instead because everybody was going to Capri and there was no line for Prochida. So we had a great time. And sometimes those situations are just completely beyond your control. We flew into Barcelona for a cruise when they were having the transit strike, like immediately after, but the people who were getting on cruises right before us or flying in right before us, There were stories in the paper about people walking miles and miles with luggage because they couldn't get anywhere any other way. And we were fully preparing, try to figure out how we were going to do what we needed to do. How were we going to get to the ship? Watching the news around where you're going just to see if there's any fun current events you might need to know about. Also a good idea. I know when we travel places and we're going to spend time there, we research them. Sometimes if you're just going out of a port and you know you're only going to be there for one night, you may not stay as up to date on what's happening, but it does impact you getting from the airport to the ship most of the time. I think we could talk about this all day and we don't have that kind of time. So is there anything that y'all want to add? Just any last minute cruise of wisdom? We're going to save them for next time. Yeah, I think we should save them for the next episodes. I do. Um, That has been all about cruising from the perspective of getting started and how to pick a cruise. We will be back with more on Time to Talk Travel about cruising and other travel items as well. This has been another episode of Time to Talk Travel, brought to you by HashtagTravels.com. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by checking out our site, joining our newsletter, or connecting with us on social. We've always got the information you need in our episode notes. Until next time, happy travels, and thanks for being a part of our trip.